Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help companies solve the people problems that are slowing their growth and hurting their profits. Joining me today is Troy Hippolito. His firm helps clients build high-value relationships by helping them use LinkedIn effectively, by creating personal branding, and improving their human engagement. Welcome, Troy. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate being on your show. Troy, the idea of using LinkedIn to better build relationships, that's probably where we'll spend most of our time uh, today talking about. But let's step back a little bit. LinkedIn, I think LinkedIn has evolved over time. Uh, It seems early on it was kind of a job search tool, but that doesn't describe it well now. How would you describe LinkedIn? Oh, it really depends on uh, what you are doing. Um, it's kind of a funny story. Um, I had an IT company previously. It's called ISO Interactive. We did a lot of big stuff. Um, had a small team, very specialized stuff. Uh, did Coca-Cola Enterprises site, Xbox mobile apps, uh, Harry Potter virtual worlds and stuff like that. Really, really fun stuff. And we were doing really well until we weren't. And uh, I think we're in a similar area in the Atlanta area-ish um so they have a lot of fortune 500 companies and these fortune 5 companies used to use a lot of agencies well they don't do that anymore they have taken these people and brought them in house and so all of a sudden we had all this work and then we didn't and then these agencies start fighting with each other uh over pennies and we had to figure out you know what how do i save my business um, and a lot of it was really about uh, relationships and LinkedIn. So you're talking about what, how LinkedIn has changed. And I said, well, LinkedIn, isn't it like this place that has resumes and things? You know, <laughs> I'm like, what is this LinkedIn? So I had a, a buddy of mine, uh, Feta. He has his own uh, agency, very similar to mine. And I'm razzing him, you know, and, and we just go back and forth. I said, my work is much better than yours. How are you getting all this business? His work is good. I'm just, you know, I'm getting under his skin. And uh, he says, yeah, I get all my stuff through LinkedIn. I'm like, what, the, the resume place? Is No, it's a, it's a place to build relationships. And you have hundreds of millions of people on there. Uh, I also had that conversation with one of my sales guys. He was in New Jersey. And he goes, yeah, LinkedIn is really the place to, to kind of build these relationships and these B2B kind of partnerships. I said, really? I said relationships and I realized that I was a terrible dater mm-hmm. in real life because of my type A personality traits. Um, and you have to learn how to slow date, old fashioned dating um, for life as well as business. And, and so the analogy was very close. Um, so I actually built a system around that. And that's when I start really diving into LinkedIn. Uh, so it's changed from this place that had resumes that was known for uh, into actually one of the largest, the largest uh, social business platform out there. There's over 800 million uh, people on LinkedIn and half of them, I'll repeat, half of them are active daily. So it's like a gold mine if you're there to um, actually reach the right people and you say, oh, there's a lot of competition. Well, some of my partners are actually LinkedIn experts as well. I don't look at them as a competition. 
again, there's 800 million people on LinkedIn. So uh, I only need a few clients a month. So it's a great place as long as you're there to kind of provide value to others. You know, I'm intrigued by a term you used a moment ago, and that is slow dating. And I want to go there for a, a moment. But LinkedIn, it's evolved. You're mm -hmm. now kind of helping build a business case for business owners uh, of all sizes on how LinkedIn can be an appropriate platform to build relationships. But you use this term slow dating. Tell me a little more about what does that mean to you, particularly in reference to LinkedIn? Well, number one, you got to know who you are. You got to understand who you want to work with, who you don't. And uh, you don't want to always think about what your service is. You want to figure out how can I provide help or provide value to other people? Not what was valuable to you, but what's valuable to that audience. Um, and then you have to build a network that actually supports that. Uh, for example, if I have a meeting, they know who I am already. So, but they, their problem might not be business slash LinkedIn specific. So my goal is not to sell my services. My goal is to listen. My goal is to understand who they are and have a, have a mutual conversation and to see if there's any pain I can resolve. If I can resolve their pain, whether I can do it or I have one of my partners to take care of it is very valuable. For example, they may have an email issue or they may have an issue with VAs. They may have a structural issue. Well, some of those things I don't dive into deeply. You know, I've specifically helped people convert large, uh, not how do you say high value offers uh, IT companies, uh, high-end coaches, and things like that. Um, I help them quite a bit, but sometimes some of these expertise aren't in my wheelhouse. I'll be understanding of it, but I'm not going to go and try to fix a problem that I'm not the expert in. And so I don't care if I get, get the business or not. I'm here to, to help that person. And so if you think about this, if I have a 15-minute meeting and I'm helping that individual, I'm lessening their pain. Mm -hmm. I say, well, if you do A, B, and C, this will solve that issue. And there's one of three things that's going to happen in the slow dating process. Number one, they'll go back. They'll make the change. They'll fix it. They're happy. You put out good energy in the universe. Actually, when you help someone, you feel better. I don't know why. It's a, I'm not a neuroscientist or anything, but it's, it's actually true, right? If you feel better, you're able to convert more yourself. Uh, and they never say anything bad about you. Uh, number two, they make the change and they look at it and they're serious about their business. And they look to the left, they look to the right and say, man, there's 20 other things that I need to get fixed. I don't want to do all this stuff. I'm going to hire Troy to do it because he knows what he's talking about. You know, uh, so you get a client maybe. The third thing is, well, if you help them and maybe they don't have the finances to, to work with you, um, they can send a recommendation. 50% of your business is based on recommendation on average, depending on the business, some got higher and lower and stuff like that. But it's much easier to someone else to toot your horn versus you tooting your own horn. So it comes out as authentic. So they're already pre-qualified. They said, you know, I know you helped my buddy to do A, B, and C on LinkedIn, and he's able to solve that problem. 
um, I'm having this issue and I have a business issue. And so it's not, it's not me selling them. It's just me helping them, you know? So that's slow dating. That's the understanding that what's appropriate. Another thing, for example, if you want to get to know someone, well, instead of just sending a connection request and, and pitching your services, which a lot of people are doing, that's, that's like, um, that's like if you found this beautiful woman and you wanted to date her, you wouldn't walk up to her and say, I find you very beautiful. Um, let's get married, you know, and, and let's have children and, and a dog and a, a white picket fence and all that stuff. That's overkill. And then that's, that's opposite of quick, you know, that's opposite of slow dating. That's, that's sabotage. And it's actually very rude. Um, why don't you try something like, oh, I see this person. This person has a great network. He could be a great partner or perhaps client. Let me look at some of his posts. I can engage with his post and he can engage back. Well, I can engage in a few of his posts and he can engage back. Well, you know, the whole sales techniques, they say like 15 or 18 touch points before a meeting or whatever. They keep on changing the numbers, but it's true. You need X amount of touch points. Well, if you engage in a post, um, you've looked at it. That's one touch point. You've liked it. You posted a comment. They posted a comment back. You have at least five touch points on that one uh, that one conversation. If you reply back again, it's another. So you could have 12 touch points on two posts. Then the following week, maybe you could send an invite. And an invite would say, I love the post talking about A, B, and C. If you think it's worth connecting, let's, let's do it, or however you want to word that. But you're, you're preferencing a previous conversation. And so they know you already. And when the if they accept you, which is much higher rate, your rate of exception goes from 30%, 40%, all the way to 85%. So you have done two things. You have increased your ability to be connected uh, and you move the relationship along the lines. And then you can always ask what's equal to the relationship. So they already feel like they know you and people work with people they like know, like, and trust. I heard, I'm sure you heard that everywhere, but I don't think that people know what know, like, and trust really means. You know, as we're talking, I'm reflecting on how you and I came in first contact. Uh, it was not in the context of you being a potential podcast guest. Uh, it was only after I had a chance to speak with you where I felt that what you have to say would be of interest to our viewers and listeners. You also did something else that, that kind of caught my attention, and that is in building relationship, um, you differentiated yourself. And that is, we did connect and rather than some type of canned response, you sent me a little short video. Oh, yeah. And, and I say short. It was short, but it was personalized. And therefore, I immediately went from a kind of a static picture of Troy to there you are right in front of me in your own voice. Tell me more about that. Is this what you advise your clients to do? Yeah, so different things work for different clients. So the base item is how do I communicate and provide value and a non-confidential uh, non way, right? So you don't want any conflict on that. And to 
put the onus on the other person. So it's their decision. So when I do something like a welcome message, which I have a day-to-day -day process I teach my clients. I said, how much time do you have? It's either 30 minutes or now, usually, right? I said, what are the most important, valuable things you can do in that amount of time? And do you have, a, do you have an assistant? Okay, can we move some of these tasks off to assistance? So I just want to put the most personalized engagement on that client because it's their LinkedIn profile. Uh, one of the methods is what you're talking about. I do quite a few. Um, I do personalized videos uh, with, the, um, uh, with the LinkedIn app. So I'll go in there and I said, oh, this person has, has accepted my invite. I'll go to the invitations. I'll look at that and I'll say, oh, I think these are the 10 people I want to do personalized videos for today. Uh, and sometimes I get quite a few connections, so I have to be selective on, um, I have to strategize on who to reply to. So I use the LinkedIn app and in the LinkedIn app, there's an option to create a video and I create a video on the fly. Um, and I always thank them for connecting. And uh, pre, pre, um, before I do the video, I look at their profile. So I know who I'm talking to again, I'm figuring out, okay, are there any dots to connect? Let me, let me do a 45 second discovery. And I'll scan their uh, profile. I may look at their website or the company page, and I understand why I'm kind of reaching out to them. So number one, I thank them. Number two, I talk about them. Uh, and then uh, number three, I said, hey, if you have a moment and I point up to the left, I said, take a look at my profile only if you have time. And if you see anything of value, you know, uh, send me your schedule link and I'll book some time with you. So you notice I'm not forcing a link on them and the ask I have is equal to the relationship. And you have to understand where you are at in the relationship. Is it okay for me to ask you to look at my profile? Well, you just accepted my invite and I did send you a video. You know, there's a, there's a high probability you look at that. And then when you look at it, you'll say, huh, yeah, I think I wanna talk to this guy or maybe I don't. And so there's no pressure, there's no sales. It's simply a, a way to kind of slow date and build that relationship up. And again, if you come from a place of service, uh, if you're only there to offer value, closing deals are it's easy. You know, you get to pick your clients. You know, um, I get requests probably about um, eight, nine, or ten times to pick up a client. But I have to make sure that they have a high probability of success. Not everyone will be successful in this in this arena, you know. And if I feel that they're the old school sales guy and they got a product and I don't have any friends and I'll just sell, 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 and that will not work. You know, I want like minded individuals that actually want to support their audience, because when you help people, it comes back quite a bit. In, in my business, all I need is like one or two clients a month because everything I do is compound. So my clients stay on, they convert well. Um, so why would I pick up a, a problem client that doesn't follow directions, <laughs> that won't, that, that are, that's not personable and things like that. It just won't work out well. And I said, I don't want to add that pain to myself. And earlier before our podcast, we just talked about that. You know, I made a decision not to work with, you know, certain uh, type of clients and not saying that they're bad people, 
but my job is to make sure that they convert. You know, that's the whole thing. You're not going to work with me unless you're able to to kind of convert your your money at least, you know, 5x or 10x. If you can't do that, I probably don't want to burn anyone's time, you know. Uh, of course, everything I say will be valuable, but if that person is not able to like implement what I tell them to do, for example, the video, or they're not able to do five videos or five voice messages and run an A-B test, you know, oh, I find out that this one runs, this one's more, I get more responses on this for this audience, you know, if they're not, um, you know, in tune to some of those things, um, I'm probably not a good fit for them. Troy, you've mentioned a number of things that kind of caught my attention. It also builds on the conversation you and I had before we hit the record button. Um, and let me revisit that in part. And that is, if you're a business owner, you do have the option of choosing your clients. And all too often, you have clients that really aren't the best fit for you. And what you described is you're assessing with the person I'm talking to, based on what I've learned, would they be a good client? Uh, the book that you and I spoke on is written by Michael Port. It's called Book Yourself Solid. And one of the things they stress is that your clients really are a reflection of you. And because oh. you mentioned the referrals, you know, it's, it's likely going to be your clients who are going to be referring new clients to you. So it, it really does make good sense to be selective. You Not know, just clients, but partners as well. Strategy uh, partners is a big one. If half of your uh, half of your business is coming from recommendation, you know, um, and uh, you have to pick the right client that will not be passive and have your interest, you know, uh, have your interest first. Yes. Um, can I go back? This is a little bit of a kind of a practical question. Uh, you mentioned LinkedIn and you said that if a person has the time and the aptitude to do this, you're encouraging your clients uh, to record a personalized video. Is it only a, available on one's phone? Well, there's different ways to do that, but the LinkedIn app has um, an advantage that the video is um, built in. So it's internal video. And so, um, or native video to the, um, to the message. Um, you can also do things like Loom and stuff, be external or YouTube video or something like that. The issue is um, LinkedIn does not like stuff outside of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And so it'll bring you what I, what I call a, a drop page. It'll say, are you sure you want to mm -hmm. leave? And then that will, that will cut your conversion down at least by 50 or 70%. Mm -hmm. um, it's good for backup. So yeah, I would suggest um, for certain clients in certain industries, uh, a 30 second video. Um, don't talk about you, um, thank them, talk about them, and then have your stuff speak volumes for yourself. For example, if you look at my profile, you say, oh, I know what this guy's about. You know, I get it, it's super clear. And they have to internalize to figure out if they want a meeting with you. Some people, a voice message would be better. So there's an actual voice memo option. Mm -hmm. um, you can do that. And it's a little less pressure. Certain people are not good on camera, but they want to be per they want to be personalized. So they may do a voice memo with a little text on it, and it's different. And people like that because oh, this person actually took the time to look at my profile, to talk to me, to thank me that I connected, and to 
um, um, you know, just to engage with me. Well, he spent that time. It's, it's worth me taking a look at his profile. Now, if your profile sucks, <laughs> you're kind of defeating the purpose. So you, your dominoes have to be in a row, you know. So when I work with a client, we do a top top down approach, you know, from from understanding who they are, um, who's their low hanging fruit, where's their ideal prospect, um, all about their business, how they're different, and then re redevelop their whole profile. And then we help with their targets and and tightening that list down. So more is not always better. People say, oh, yeah, there's 38,000 people on that list. But they don't realize that most of those people are probably not your your clients, your your ideal prospects. And so you want to get like if you do a sales navigator search, you want to get that tight, like a thousand or 600, something very small on the numbers. And you want to figure out why would this person want to connect with me, you know? And so there's a lot of little things like the video and the voice message and understanding who you are that kind of tech comes in play. Um, that way you can have like automatic traffic, have two way traffic. You know, you can go out and reach people. People will go and find you on Google. They'll find you on the search on LinkedIn. They'll see your post. So there's all these different avenues to have people to come in. But your personalized communication has to be authentic. And that's the bottom line for a lot of this stuff. Well, the reason I come back to this is the you reached for your phone when we were began talking about that. And, you know, the fact that you record a quick video and the video is personalized, that you're actually looking at their profile as you're doing that and you're making your video about them. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be super polished. No, that adds authenticity. Um, and I, and I think the whole theme of this conversation is, you know, how do you build quality relationships, authentic relationships? It begs a question, Troy, when you work with your clients and they're working with you on this LinkedIn accelerator system, how do you advise them to keep up with where they are with all of these people? How do you suggest that they keep track of all their activity? Well, um, that's kind of an open-ended question because every client's a bit different. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, when I put a video out, I don't even follow up. I get, but I get a lot of people coming in. And so I just allow them to do what they want. However, other people may have less volume and they have to be a little more meticulous. There's several ways to, to do that. Um, I have something called linked CRM, which is part of my accelerator system. And it allows you to move data. It centralizes data for LinkedIn and you can push to your CRM or if a VA is running some of your, you know, uh, of your conversations, it can push to a Slack channel or something like that just for the client. And so you can have certain tools set up a certain way. And then some people will connect with you on LinkedIn, but they'll never even see the messages. They don't even know exist, right? Mm. And so it's not necessarily they don't like you. It's just they don't use LinkedIn in that way. And if you have a large audience that are like purely email and they will just never see a LinkedIn message or ignore those LinkedIn messages, uh, you have to uh, evolve that strategy. So maybe your strategy is to like, well, they'll never see it anyway. So maybe I'll have a canned reply and the canned reply may say something like, uh, or a, a, not a canned reply, but start with canned and then make it edits to the reply. It could be a text and to say, oh, I'm, I see you doing A, B, and C. Uh, not a lot of people see these um, messages. I'm gonna send you a direct email. And you could pull that data off and then send an actual email. 
and keep a track that way. Um, you can move it to a CRM and your CRM can have some processes set up in that way. So what I do is I build processes that work for the client, you know, but the important thing is um, to avoid um, automation, you know, if whenever possible. So sending a whole bunch of canned messages is not a good idea. You can start with what are the, like, for example, if you have uh, um, an assistant that's replying to these messages on LinkedIn, and maybe they're doing email too, there tends to be only a few questions people would ever ask. So you want to prep to reduce time. So create an FAQ or a response document, you know, whatever you want to call it. And what are the top 10 questions or top seven questions that anyone would ever ask? And then have a short, very short reply. The most active one is say, this is, this is a, a, a great point. We do A, B, and C, but it may make more sense to just have a meeting on it. Would you want me to send, you know, a, a booking link, you know, you can, uh, or ask them. And so you want responses that really gear for a business anyway, that really gears to having a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Um, what you don't want to do is have this very detailed explanation because no one reads that stuff on LinkedIn anyway. No one reads things like that. It's just too much to do. Um, well, let me say this. Most people don't read that kind of, there's certain people that will, but they're in the vast minority. So always a personalized engagement would make sense, you know, in a lot of those cases. So you need to design systems that actually work, not just for the client, but really for their audience. And now you have to keep that in mind. Um, and then you can do a lot of that stuff because of just the things that I know, and you can do AB testing, you know, say, oh, I noticed this thing works a lot better. You're getting conversions in this type of campaign that you're doing. Um, and so let's go in this direction. And he said, well, how about this and this and this? I said, you can't do everything. Let's figure out how we can fill your pipeline. So with my system on, and I had to, I had to teeter it back. It's too much. Mm. I was getting over 40 meetings a week. Mm. It's insane. And so I don't want those many meetings anymore. I want like 10 or 15 max, you know, and that's including the client meetings. So I have to reduce my availability, you know, on certain slots of time, you know. Uh, and so you have to have all this business strategy, like what's, what's good for me, you know, um, because if I take on client on, I have to onboard them. It's a lot of work. Even though I have a team, there's certain things that I have to do. Um, for example, I have a right after this, I have a meeting with with a client and I'm onboarding him and I have to walk him through the process. Some clients you can say, oh, these are the 20 steps that need to happen. Sometimes you can say, oh, let's do step one, <laughs> do step two. And a lot of clients are high level. So you got to slow down with them, you know, um, and then you got to understand like, OK, how does this client work and how to help convert? Anyway, it's a lo long way of uh, answering your question. Well, but it reinforces what you've said all along, and that is the importance of personalization, the importance of authenticity, mm -hmm. the importance of building relationships over time. Um, as we begin kind of wrapping up this episode, I want to kind of ask, can you think of an example, Troy, where either you or a client got stuck? And what did it take to get unstuck? Oh, yeah. I have a ton of testimonials. I like 45 on my profile but let me think of one that's easy um oh i had a client he came to me and he said 
Troy, I really need help on LinkedIn. And I got this business and 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 I looked at the business. And I said, this is an awesome business you got going on. So you have a huge you would have a huge uh, acceptance rate on this thing. I said, how much are you making right now? He's like four thousand a month. And so what I did was I gave him business advice, like basically what I was giving you. And I rewrote his profile to be more attractive. And I said, this is your tagline. This is this is who you are. Right. That's that's your brand. That's what people are going to see. And this is how you're going to do something. So I set him up and uh, from that he got clarity. And that clarity allowed him to move from four thousand dollars a month to forty thousand a month. Yeah. So he had a, a straight 10x. Well, he's doing more now, but last time I talked to him, you know, he's doing a 10x. So I got a video testimonial from him. And a lot of those things are just understanding um, what am I doing? What am I not doing? You know, and, and what is my true value and how do I present that value? You know, so. Great example. Troy, we've covered quite a bit in this conversation, but as you kind of reflect on what we've discussed, what do you want to be the takeaways for our listeners? Well, I would say that if you are here to convert on LinkedIn and you have a, a high um, high value offer, um, you know, you have to come from a place of service. That's your foundation. Place of service is not selfish. And so how do you come from a place of service? You have to be valuable. In order to be valuable, you have to build those right relationships as far as partners. So if someone comes to you, they generally may need something that you have, but get other ancillary partners that would take care of things that you trust. So if you don't have the answer, you can still serve that individual. Um, so if you come from a place of service, that's always a great foundation to start. Fantastic job. Troy, as expected, I learned a lot. You probably saw me making notes as you were talking. So I trust our listeners. Well, we're being recorded. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> but I, I do both. I go back and play back the recording and look at my notes. Um, uh, that's the, one of the biggest advantages I have found in hosting a podcast. I get a chance to meet really interesting people like you. And I learn from each and every one of those guests. Thank you for being a guest. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. This is episode 110, and if you want access to all the podcasts, simply go to your browser and type unstuck.show. While there, you can also subscribe to our weekly blog called The Bottom Line. So if you're trying to grow your business, but people problems have slowed you down, let's talk. Head over to bench-builders.com to schedule a call. I would enjoy opportunity to meet you, learn a little more about your issues, and if I can help, great. If I cannot, but I know somebody who can, that's part of building these relationships. So I want to thank our listeners for joining us. And I hope that you have picked up on some tips from Troy that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.